What we're going to attempt to do tonight is interview you, interview you, interview you, and then also do news and mail. So it's going to be like a two-hour episode, right? Welcome to the Sprocket Podcast, where we, where we are simplifying the good life. I'm Guthrie Straw. And I am Aaron... No, I'm not Aaron Flores. I'm Brock Dittis. Broadcasting from the People's Republic of Portland, nestled in the heart of Cascadia, we are the show that brings you somewhat irreverent conversations about the intricacies of thinking locally with a global perspective and enjoying the best that life has to offer along the way. We cover bicycling, trains, and transit, adventures, and life hacks. And today, we've got both a cross-country tourist and a West Coast tourist and a backcountry tourist. And then there's Guthrie and I. So, Hello. yes, uh, we've got uh, a stacked deck. Let's go around the room first and introduce everybody. First of all, listener Wayne Norman, hello. Hello, how are you doing? I'm well, how are you? Doing great. Welcome to Portland, Oregon. Thank you. You've been here before, right? I've been here before. I okay. have a, two cousins who live here. Oh, that's right. So you're not surprised by the weirdness you've, you've acclimated I've over ex- the years. I've seen it before. Yeah, very good. Uh, you're here to visit, and I'm, I'm glad you did. And uh, got to enjoy the totality of the eclipse. Oh, right. Yes, down in Independence. I have a cousin that lives there on a farm. Independence, and Oregon. Independence, Oregon. Yeah. And totality was awesome. Totally. Yeah, it, uh, totality. It, it blocked out the sun. The, the moon went in front of it. The moon went in front <laughs> of it. You could see planets, uh, stars at 360 degrees, uh, sunset. Amazing experience. Yeah, and it got kind of cold, right? Like You can feel it go down about 10 degrees. The sun goes away and suddenly you realize why it's so hot all the time in the summer. But but it was magical. That's the word I would use for it. Absolutely. Well, I'm glad you're here. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Really appreciate it. And also, thank you for your generous support over the years because Wayne Norman is one of our Patreon sponsors. And I want to say we've gotten donations from you before we started Patreon. You've been with the show for a long time. So yes. thank you so much. Uh, Maria, sure. Hello. Hello. It's been just long enough since we've had you in the studio that uh, I feel like it's been forever. So, oh, well, thank you. Yeah. Uh, you're here. You've already uh, taken part in the Steigel Rattler, mm-hmm. uh, generously provided by the Beer Mongers. And you've already partaken in uh, Lemonheads, if I'm not mistaken. The, yes, uh, and my, my Rattler is lemon. That's right. It's a lemon kind of day. And I'm wearing a yellow shirt. It's coming up citrus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're going to be a part of a cool event that we're going to talk about in a little bit. Uh, what's it called? The Swift Summit 200-100. That's right. And I'm blanking right now on the name of the listener who is organizing the event, but I want to say it's Kevin. It is Trevor Lee Spangle. Trevor. Trevor Lee Spangle. That's a, right. A-plus five gold star race director. Seriously, yeah. Right. Uh, he's put together a super cool event, and it's like uh, he, he wants it to be like the, the, the least race event uh, that still is considered a race possible. The not he, a race culture. Yeah, yes. he's creating a cool culture around <laughs> this event. And so we've mentioned it on the calendar before, but that's coming up very soon. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, Guthrie, hello. Hello. Yes, you are here. Uh, Aaron is in the woods, and you were here. I appreciate you filling in. Yeah, no problem. Uh, we had, it's, a, it's a doubleheader week because Aaron was here, and I was not on Monday. So uh, we, we were like ships in the night missing uh, missing shows. But hmm. he was here, and now I'm here. And so thank you also for being here. Indeed. As co-host. No problem. <laughs> like, like chickens in the mist. That's right. <laughs> yes, precisely. That's how the saying goes. Uh, the well-known saying. Oh, I think I think that was just a Gary Larson rip on it. I think you had the right one. <laughs> I, you know, the far side. It's been so long since that's been in the in the funny papers that I miss that a lot. Ah, I gotcha. That's some good stuff. But Gary Larson, he is a, he is a god among men, a genius. Uh, he's doing the Lord's work. <laughs> yes, uh, Annalisa, hello. 
Hello, thank you for having me. Absolutely. And Annalisa, you're staying at Guthrie's house right now. I am, yes, through uh, Warm Showers. That's right. The Reciprocal Bicycle Touring uh, Hosting. It's kind of like uh, it's Airbnb, but it's free. It's and like couch it's surfers good natured. That Exactly, yeah. yes. Uh, and so you just rode across the entire continent. I did, from Yorktown, Virginia. Nice. Uh, the Trans Am route. Yes. Yes, in opposition Mostly. to all of the racers. <laughs> yes, you were so going, we saw you, most <laughs> of them go by in the opposite direction. <laughs> you were going east yeah. to west, mm -hmm. and here you are. Against the wind. <laughs> right. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's good <laughs> to have you in. Uh, very cool. Well, we're uh, going to e explore each of these in turn, but first of all, Guthrie, how are you, what's new, and, and what's going on? I'm well. Um not too much new, just been trying to get out into the gorge and go into the water whenever possible. Yeah, it's been warm enough. It, I believe you've told me, we discussed uh, another place to dip into the water. Yeah. Uh, that was uh, uh, Opal somewhere. Creek. Opal Creek, yep. down by Salem, or outside yeah. of Salem. Shorter, shorter trips, the gorge, longer trips, so Opal Creek. Right, yeah. That's in the path of totality where the sun blocked out the, or the moon blocked out the sun. It is, yeah. But or at least you, pretty darn close to it, I'd imagine. You're going to the gorge to cool off, the Columbia River Gorge. Yep. Yeah, Eagle Creek Trailhead uh, this past weekend, but unfortunately, due to some wildfires, they forced an emergency closure, so oh, we'll, we'll yeah. see how that goes. So I heard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, wildfires. Actually, I was, uh, so my band Lumberjack was out in the gorge playing at uh, Thunder Island Brewing, which oh, nice. uh, we at the Sprocket Podcast are a big fan of. Do you have uh, a song called Drown Out the Train? <laughs> <laughs> we did have some funny train, uh, well, transportation-related things. We were singing a number of songs. We do kind of like like folk rock type stuff. Uh, we sing some old standards. So we were singing the old uh, "All Fly Away," uh, okay. the, the, kind of the spiritual song. Nice. Uh, and uh, as we were singing that, these airplanes that were putting out the fires in Eagle Creek were flying overhead. Oh wow! So there was that. Yeah. And then uh, we went from that kind of in a medley to uh, Folsom Prison Blues. Mm -hmm. And uh, of course, that's about you know I hear the train of uh, coming yep. rolling around the bend and. Uh, of course, Thunder Island is right next to the train tracks, and so two trains passed while we were singing that song. And then uh, Wade, or Into the Water was an, a song that we have. It's one of our originals. And uh, at that point, the Sternwheeler went by on the Columbia River. Wow. So uh, a lot of coincidences that were transportation-related, tying into our lyrics. Nice. So, yes. But uh, there was a fire in Eagle Creek, so you got diverted, you said? Yeah. we um, Apparently, they had just closed it about the time we were heading out from okay. uh, Portland. So we ended up doing some hiking elsewhere for the day. But I see. Yeah, good trail. It's nice to get out. Yeah, when, where was when, where was elsewhere? Uh, elsewhere happened to be just kind of along the gorge route. So Oneonta, in this in this case, um, you know, take the right side, scurry past everybody who's taking the left side. Uh, but yeah, just, you know, trying to get out and get wet before coming back to Portland. Yeah, Oneonta Gorge is one of those places. And has anybody else in this room been there? Maria, I'm uh, guessing you've been once or twice. Annalisa, you said you have. Yeah. Very good. When were you there? Uh, two years ago on another trip with my friend down the coast. Oh, okay, gotcha. So you were bicycling down the coast and you took a detour to Portland. And yes, you... we actually started in Portland. And oh, we I see. Down to Pacific City. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. There's yeah. hordes of people there. It was crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's it yeah. used to be one of Portland's best kept gorge secrets, <laughs> and now it's just super super uh -huh. busy. Uh, so you early have, in the morning. You have to catch it at the yeah. right time, or you go in December, mm -hmm. which is not quite the same experience. <laughs> but but that's where you went, Guthrie, to to kind of duck out. Wayne, were you saying you've been there also? I've been to the gorge. I was hiking at Angels Rest and Devil's Rest this mm -hmm. morning. Oh, so. nice. Very close. Yeah, yeah. it's like uh, miles apart. Was it Was it pretty smoky up there at this time? No, there was no smoke. It okay. Was, oh, the haze lifted. It was great weather out there. So. Oh, nice. Okay. I think the, the firefighting planes may have done their work. Uh, they were the – they're crazy. They look like old World War II bombers or something, mm -hmm. but they're big square planes like uh, – 
they swoop down, and apparently just east of where the brewery is, they touch down on the water and scoop up water, mm-hmm. and then they like fly back into the sky. Do you know if it was like actually like old DC threes, or were they using? It's a good question. Okay. I mean, they looked very classic. They were propeller planes. Yeah. So there's probably that. DC three. Yeah. Yeah. I, you're probably right. You know probably more about aircraft and firefighting planes than i do it's I would possible guess. <laughs> um yeah and I, I i could totally be wrong too that's usually what they'd use at least when my dad was in the service and that, i'd imagine they try to keep him around if they're doing the job so. oh sure yeah well and it, that's the thing like they just swoop down scoop up water you know like an enormous amount of water and then they fly over the place where the fire is burning they dump all that water on the fire so pretty crazy yeah they were making loops all night long Oh yeah, well, and it's good to good to not have Eagle Creek burnt to a crisp. Seriously, it's one of the more beautiful places in the gorge. I think yes. so. Yeah, you agree, Wayne? I've been there. It's, it's a beautiful hike up there. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that that was how you spent your weekend, and my weekend was also spent. Uh, let's see, I, I went out Tuesday night. Actually, it was an extended weekend. I went to work, and then I went out and played the show with the band. And actually, Wayne, you were supposed to come in last night. <laughs> I really appreciate everyone being so flexible with the schedule because uh, I had double booked and I couldn't get out of my band's gig. So uh, it was the best of all situations. Thank you for being generous with your time. I appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, so uh, it was uh, it was a good weekend though. I, I feel like I I went out and I did almost everything. I, I went out riding my bike. Uh, I've got a thirty two centimeter for all the all the people who are, keep track of gear and whatnot. Hmm. Thirty two centimeter tires on a road bike without any sort of suspension or anything like that. And I I've always wanted to ride my bike to Silver Star Mountain because uh, it's a place that I've driven too many times when I was younger and wanted to go out and maybe do the overnight camp again. And uh, it turns out. The forest roads that go up to Silver Star Mountain, it's just uh, across the river from Portland, north and east. Uh, if you look east from Portland, you can see kind of this range, uh, this block of hills. and that's, Like as you look over towards Adams, roughly? That's right, okay. yeah, yeah. So if you're trying to see Adams, Silver Star is in the way, usually, okay. uh, depending on where you are. Yes. But uh, that that is a terrible road, I will tell you. It <laughs> is very, very rough and difficult to ride. The climb is steep, and the bumps are crazy, and then uh, the descent after it, it's still bumpy, and if you don't have any sort of suspension and really narrow tires, you get uh, you get the vibration of a lifetime through your arms and uh, through all of your components. I haven't checked my, my bolts, but I would imagine everything is probably slightly looser after that ride. So um, it was fun. It was cool to see. Uh, I've always wanted to know if I could do it. Now it turns out I can, but I won't again probably. <laughs> so uh, it was worth, worth trying anyways. I would love to go out with either thicker tires or a different bike of some kind. So. That was how I spent my weekend. The nice thing was I ended up, uh, I got a $5 bus pass, which got me out of Portland and all the way to the beginning of the ride and back again for just 5 bucks, which nice. is not bad. Like, there's a lot of woods out there, especially on the Washington side, and there are far fewer people out there. So uh, there's always adventure if you want to find it. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. Um, the other thing that was exciting was at the end of that ride, I ended up in Battleground, Washington, and there is a bar in Battleground called Main Street Bar. It is the pabsiest bar in the world. <laughs> so if you're into Pabst Blue Ribbon, the beer, and you don't have to be, and, I mean, by all accounts, it is a shitty beer. Uh, I will admit <laughs> that. But at the same time, uh, just the kitsch and the logo, like, I have never seen that logo so many times in one place. Like, it was, like, the only thing they sold, apparently. So Yeah, uh, if you're, you're going to sell one thing, you might as well go all out. That's right, yeah. No, and they've got like, you know, handmade logos like adorning the uh, the the thing that goes around the light over your table. And then they had concrete work in the back that was expertly produced to reproduce the logo as well. So, it's all red, white, and blue or blue, white, and red or whatever their colors are. Mm-hmm. So, uh yeah, including the bathroom. 
at least the men's bathroom, which is the one I went into, and uh, around uh, like halfway up, you know how most bathrooms have some sort of like tile going halfway up the wall or something, makes it easier to clean, I'm sure. But around the top of that, every other tile was in fact a ceramic tile with the Pabst logo like on the tile. It wasn't. I, you know, I thought maybe it was Mod Podge. I thought maybe like somebody had done it like by hand or whatever. But these were professionally produced Pabst tiles, huh. just set into the tile work of the wall. It was uh, it was glorious. I had four. So. <laughs> and then I took the bus back. It was great. Uh, so, yes, I recommend C-Tran and the Main Street Bar. I don't recommend riding your bike up Silver Star. Have Fair you ever enough. done that, any of the uh, the uh, outlying weird roads? No. I've, I've done a lot of outlying weird roads a little bit closer to Salem, but nothing okay. too much in I see. Like, the Battlegrounds area. Other gotcha. than just up to St. Helens and back out. Right. Yeah, there are some good roads out there. Mount St. Helens, which erupted in 1980 and mm-hmm. then again in 2005. And uh, I think it's the reason that my parents got together in part. Oh, really? Like my dad got stuck on the west side because there was a volcanic eruption. Huh. And then my parents got married. And then I was born. So, wow. hey. But, uh, yeah. Then in 2005, there was like a, the hint of an eruption. There was like some ash clouds and plumes and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Anyways, it's a beautiful place. And there's some beautiful forest behind it. Including, what do they call it? The dark... Oh, I'm so... I cannot remember. There's a band of land in there that uh, people suspect the Sasquatch to live in. Oh, really? Yeah. There the, is. The like a, there's a cedar grove close to one of the ranger stations. Is that um, right? Yeah, it's not marked. It's just kind of off to the right, a uh, couple of miles past the... Um, not Johnson Ridge Observatory, but the sort of southeast side of the mountain. Oh, sure. I'm not sure if that's it. but Out in the hills. Yeah, some of the some of the oldest growth on that side of the mountain. That's right. what I've heard. By, uh, like, the Lewis River and, what is it, Yale Reservoir yeah, or whatever? Yeah, maybe just up 40-ish minutes past Cougar. Okay. Yeah. Cougar, a town in Washington. This is true. Yeah. Uh, it's it's pretty awesome. So, good good things all around out there. The woods, go into it. That's, uh, that's what Maria's going to do. So, we'll talk about that in a minute or two. First of all, let me uh, select. Has everyone selected the beverage of choice? Guthrie, have you selected a beverage? I have. Okay, that's. Oh, of course and you have. Poured half of it on the floor. <laughs> not, but not the on floor, purpose. The floor has selected a quarter of it. I have selected <laughs> the other three quarters. <laughs> we thank the beer mongers greatly. Uh, Wayne, do you know where the beer mongers is? Southeast Division uh, Twelve. That's right. Yeah, it's it's right down there. It's very easy to find. It's it's centrally located in the southeast uh, neighborhoods. Uh, Annalisa, have you heard of the beer mongers? No, I have not. Well, let me tell you about them because they're amazing. Uh, one, because they're our sponsor and they give us drinks for our shows. But uh, also because, uh, you know, they are, they've been around for a long time. I want to say they launched in 2008 and the 5th of September, it's a Tuesday, the weekend before that, Labor Day weekend, is kind of the lead-up celebration of their anniversary. They've been around for so long. They have been fighting the hating words of the Willamette Week. Willamette Week said they had the right breweries and the wrong beers which Willamette Week promptly, uh, well, no, beer mongers promptly turned into a T-shirt to sell. Uh, they accepted it. They embraced it. They rolled with the punches, and they give us drinks every week. So I highly recommend if you're in town. Wayne, uh, are you going to go while you're here? I hope to. Excellent. I'm glad. And you, you're you a cider fan. A uh, cider fan, a wine fan, yes. Right. And the great thing about the beer mongers is that even though they have mostly beer, they also have cider and they have wine. And they have cider on tap. That's right. That's right. It's on tap. So, like, we brought you a bottle of uh, Reverend Nats, which, uh, have you had Reverend Nats before? Never. Okay. It's, uh, it's it, good. It's good stuff. It's, yes. Yeah. No added sugar, which a lot of your cider drinks are going to have. Uh, in addition to your whiskey drink, your lager drink, your vodka drink, and your, uh, how does the Chumbawang of a song go? I forget. <laughs> Anyways, you could sing that song at the Beer Mongers uh, and have almost all of those. They don't serve hard liquor, but they have everything else that you want. 
and they're a great place. I'm a big fan. I, I go every week because they're our sponsor, but also because <laughs> also because I love the atmosphere. I love the fact that there's a vegan restaurant next door. I love the fact that they've been around for eight years and that uh, they roll with the punches when uh, when the local Newsweekly says that they suck. They don't. You know they what else are, they do? are the best. What, what do they do? They have a race team. That's right. That's right. The and beer monger cycle race team are some of the coolest cats in Portland. That's right. Yeah, you're not on their race team, but you you know some of the folks, right? They've been courting me. Uh huh. In you know the form of beer hand ups during the race, which are not allowed. Are they not? I don't participate in that. Of course you wouldn't. No, <laughs> uh, in no way would you do that. That would be wrong. <laughs> yes, uh, yes. The beer monger cycle cross team. Uh, they they do good work. And actually, we did an episode uh, at one of the races they were doing at the Portland oh. International Raceway. We were there with a recorder and we put some audio up back in the day. So the beer mongers, Southeast Division and Twelfth. So. So, uh, well, hey, Wayne, you're here. Yes. Tell, tell us about your visit. What, what you been doing? Well, uh, this is my second uh, one-month road trip in basically nine weeks. I was in the desert southwest for uh, four weeks, home for a week, and then starting up here, I'm in week two now. That's not bad. Uh, and driving, sorry, I'm, I'm in a car. So. Oh, now everybody knows, right? Yes, yes. I, I'm also <laughs> one of your... I think you're a lone Republican listener on there. Oh, is that right? Yes. There we go. And Thanks for hanging in there. Oh, I, I, I It's, it's I, not an easy ride for, I, I suppose, anyone. Uh, I, we try to be apolitical. We're not, uh, we, we try not to throw shade on anybody. But, uh, you yes. Should. You, is, is that right? You, you, you should. Uh, we're, are you okay my, with it? Yes, I'm wearing my Protect National Monuments okay. shirt from American Alpine Club. and That tells us something about the subtleties of your politics. Yes. Uh, very good. Protect public lands. Uh-huh. I'm into that. Yes. Yeah, we can reach across the table about that. There are th- more things that we agree on than we don't. That's I, what I'm going to stick to that. That's what I believe in, yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that uh, in a lot of ways, uh, we were talking about this recently with somebody else who was talking about bicycle touring, but like when you go out in the heartland of America, you can be someone who is like the most liberal person in the world, and you meet the most conservative person in the world. And when you're standing there in the middle of the country, you're just two people. And one person has a bottle of water, and the other person doesn't. And the other person hands it to that first person. And you know that, that, that is a microcosm of humanity, which I'm a big fan of. So Yeah, people are great. Politicians suck. Let's- <laughs> yeah, seriously. But, I know. Uh, so tell us what, you, what else have you seen while you've been on the road. Oh, well, starting backwards, uh, like, Went to six national parks and about eight more national monuments on that first road trip. Oh, wow. And arches. So we talked about the uh, person buried in the desert. Yes. Last time, Edward Abbey. Edward Abbey, who we referenced last week. Was yes. it last week, the week before? And I didn't know what the name of Edward Abbey at that point. I'd heard it before, but I couldn't recall it. So that's the person who was buried in New Mexico, and no one. He, somewhere. Like, somewhere. We don't know exactly where his grave is. It's well hidden. And he was. Uh, he. Uh, basically wanted no one to be able to find him he was just like right. put me in the desert somewhere where no one can find me close friends on the tombstone it says no comment no comment that's what he wanted on his tombstone it's pretty good and if you haven't read desert solitaire read it i, I i'm rereading it now i've got the book here in the corner yeah after my trip to arches very good and it's yes i have not but, but i want to and then i was also in breckenridge uh last month and you Probably around the same time you were doing your Colorado trip. I listened to your podcast. That's right. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. my wife and I were out hiking uh, in Colorado on the Colorado Trail. Mm-hmm. We went through Breckenridge and through uh, – we actually went through Frisco, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of the Pepsi to Breckenridge's Coke. So, yeah, uh, you were there when? I was there August 21st through 28th. Okay, so that after was after you. we were there. Okay, so we didn't pass in the night. 
But we passed on the calendar. Passed on the calendar. Very good. Uh, yeah. What did you do while you were there? Uh, did some hiking, got up a 14,000-foot peak, did Ooh. quandary. That was fun, and which was really amazing since I had two stents put in my heart about oh, six months ago. Oh, hey. Well, congratulations, so. sir. That means you're uh, – oh, we'll plug those headphones back in. Uh, you are uh, – you, you've recovered well then, and you're back to going outdoors and having adventures. Yes. I'm glad to hear that. And that's the – my website is called adventuretoadventure.com. Uh-huh. I blog on that, so I put that in there. Very good. Adventuretoadventure.com. Yeah. That, that's the word to T-O? Yeah, T-O. There we go. All right. I've got a card here. Uh, Adventuretoadventure.com. Yep. Uh, all spelled out. And you've generously linked that blog to my name on your page. It's true. Yeah. So if you go to thesprocketpodcast.com and you find the, the name Wayne Norman, which shows up on every show because you are a generous donor, uh, you're going to be able to find the link to adventuretoadventure.com. So very good. Um, that's awesome. Uh, thank you so much for sharing your adventures. That's the, one of the things that I like about, like anyone who's who's uh, verbose on the internet, has uh, words and things and pictures and, and content, is that you can inspire other people to have the same kinds of adventures. That, uh, you know, even say, like, I would imagine someone who has had uh, some hard work done might not feel that they're up to the task of going out on these adventures, but you do. You do. You yeah. don't let things stop you. You keep going. And that's, the person to my left here, Maria, yeah. on a program, oh, how many years ago was it? Months, months. Let's not let's not use <laughs> years. Let's use months. Uh, when you had, we're talking about your physical therapist telling you there's no ride too short. Well, there's no adventure too short, no hike too short. As long as you're getting out and doing something and slowly trying to build up and do that. And we live in an awesome place. And uh, you, you've got to try and get past any adversity you have absolutely yeah so, so i was really inspired by that i wrote a and i think you saw the blog post i, I did. did yeah um it, it's uh you've had some great guests here over the years i'm so happy to be a sponsor and a small part of this over the years we're, we're very glad to have you thank you very much uh maria do you want to talk a little bit about because just maybe to summarize you shared this last time you were on the show i believe but the idea that, uh, you know, it, it's not about comparing yourself to somebody else, right? Right. And, you know, I, first I wanted to say something to Wayne. When you tell somebody, a stranger especially, that they've inspired you in such a big way, that's just like shining a big mirror back at them, at that a big light. Thank you for that. That's very meaningful to me. Uh, so I think that show was maybe about the Oregon Outback Probably That's sounds right. Trendy and about twenty four <laughs> months ago, not years. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I, I, I guess I had mentioned the idea. A physical therapist had told me this when I was coming back from an injury, and you know, had been used to riding centuries and doing whatever I want, and suddenly you have a different body. And uh, he was just very encouraging and said, "There's no ride too short. Go around the block." That counts. Mm -hmm. That's an adventure. Because, uh, prior to that, yeah. if I didn't have time to go at least for an hour, I wouldn't go. Like, screw it. It's not worth it. Yeah. But it is. That's the thing, right? That's what you're saying is that you can you go out and don't compare it to standards that don't matter to you. And I think also just this idea of finding something in whatever little grain of life you're experiencing. You know, just my ride over here from home, I took a new and different way and had my own little adventure uh, just on a, a little kind of in-town commute ride. So, mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, Wayne, I'm curious, before we move on to Maria, 
Uh, tell me what other adventures you do, like kind of what are your daily adventures? I'm retired now. Yes, congratulations. That's an Thank adventure you. in itself. You've got to figure out what to do with your time. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> go, uh, go visit those public lands. Those are the public lands. If I showed you my list of must-do trips, it's over 100, and that's just on the must-do, not the other fun things. Would be fun to do. That would be fun to must do. Must-do. I, I don't know how I would ever have time to work again. Yeah. And I, I'm, Good thing you don't have to. That That's Yes. <laughs> a retirement doesn't mean you don't go back to work, you don't volunteer, you don't do other things to help people. That's one of the things I'm trying to do with a blog is inspire people to and motivate people to go out and have small adventures or any adventure. And when I get back to well, – right now, I guess I am back at 100% if I'm doing 14ers. I would imagine uh, so. I was a Sierra Club leader for years. I've been a member for over 30 years. Thank so you. I, I plan to go back and be leading hikes again and – uh, bike rides and wanting to get involved with inner city kids who don't have the chance to get out and do things and, and get them back or give them an opportunity to get out. That is a that is a big uh, gap there. Like it, in some ways, you get kind of isolated from nature in the city if you don't have the resources to get out of it. So I really appreciate it anytime somebody puts together a program that allows someone to kind of bridge that gap. Yeah, there are groups, big city mountaineers, inner city outlines mm-hmm. with the Sierra Club. They're, they do awesome work, and they're they're worth. Public lands are going to be protected by people like me. I'm, I'm getting old, and they're going to need nah, young. You're fine. They're going to be, need young people, uh, multi-ethnic people, to get out there and share that. And the only way they're going to get the benefits of nature, and which are incredible, is you know, Guthrie. You have to get out. I think if you don't get out after so long, you start yeah. feeling it. Yeah. Oh, it's it's it's. I already feel like I need to get out. <laughs> but I've always felt like I need to get out. So what's what's new? Yeah. So so if you don't get out and if you don't do those things you're not going to want to protect the land and as we know now lands are under attack and we need to protect them so there's all sorts of ways to to do that i'm blessed to be able to be retired and to and to have time to share and motivate and hopefully get be leading again and bringing people to that so i I did it for years things took me away from that uh, and now i have the option and the opportunity to go back and do that it's a good season for you that's great uh, so as you're traveling, are you traveling with a bicycle or are you doing mostly foot adventures for this one? Mostly foot adventures. Yeah. There's, uh, I was hiking out in the gorge today. I'm planning to get to either Rainier or North Cascades when I have fam- visit family up in Seattle the next part of the trip. Come back through Olympic National Park and then through the Redwoods. Oh, yeah. Have you ever been to Ozette by chance in the Olympic National Park area? No, I haven't. I've never mm. been to Olympic National Park. I have been up Rainier before and Hood, so I, I've got those climbs in there. Nice. To the and peak? To the Oh, yeah. Wow, nice. So what season good. did you climb Hood? Uh, I did that in June. Okay. And it wasn't too many years or months after they had an accident up there. Hood's always having accidents. Yeah, it's right. one of the deadlier peaks. Usually about once a year or so. And uh, Rainier was 20-plus years ago when I did that. Nice. And that that was still... Uh, it's in your backyard. Have you climbed it? Hood? Yeah, I actually used to guide it a little okay. bit back in college, so that's so. where most of my familiarity comes with, but so. not quite so much up with Rainier. So Rainier is still my favorite climb of my entire life. Rainier is a 14er. Yes. It's, yeah. uh, in Colorado, that just means like you, you work really hard to walk up a mountain, but in uh, in Washington State, it means that you have to have like uh, ice axes. Ice axes, crampons, self-arrest. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, it's uh, it's a lot higher off the ground than most of the Colorado fourteen thousand foot peaks. Yeah, nine thousand feet from paradise to get to the top. It's pretty mm-hmm. intense. Did you hear the episode we did? I want to say it was the beer mongers guys when they came in for uh, oh, they around three hundred something. Up yeah, there. exactly. Oh, I was. I was fired on and going, those guys are nuts. Yeah, ride your bikes to the mountain, then climb the mountain, then ride your bikes back. Uh, yeah, and then they said they like cheated because they had to bag out and have someone pick them up like, on their way back. And I, I, at that point, I feel like that's not cheating. But. Yeah. So that's you like, did that 20 years happened. ago, you said, yeah? Yes. Okay, very good. So you're going to go to Olympic this time. Uh, yeah. Ozette doesn't have any mountains. It's on the coastal part of the park. Uh, I recommend it. It, it. Has it's a mountains. beautiful spot. I, I suppose it does. There's hills at least. And uh, Mount Olympus there is a, yeah. be something I'd love to climb. But mm-hmm. for this time, it's being isolated away from cell phones, away from everything up in mm-hmm. the Ho Valley or one mm-hmm. of the areas. And just yeah. being a part of nature. And Absolutely. actually been a huge debate recently where they're looking at putting a cell tower. I believe it's up mm. on Rainier. <laughs> Yeah. Uh-oh. Oh, we had a spit take here. <laughs> yeah, seriously, yeah. Danger, danger. Yeah. No, don't do it. <laughs> well, it's not too late. You can still file for comment period, I believe, with the National Park Service for Mount yeah. Rainier. All right. So this will be inside uh, Alaska Talk. When you can be away from cell phones and that for uh, three days, your brain actually will start to reset. Uh, Florence mm-hmm. Williams wrote an article in Outside Magazine. There's been research on that. When we were on the Kilcoot, and literally it was on my third morning there, I stopped thinking about time. I stopped thinking about emails, any of that stuff. And when I got out, I didn't care. Uh-huh. And Screw Facebook. Who cares? It doesn't matter. Yeah. You, mm-hmm. And you've experienced that. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah I'm sure many of us in this room have had yeah. similar. <laughs> it's been too long since I've uh, weaned myself off of uh, off of the digital thing. But, yeah, uh, I think that's really – it's it's well – it's well put to just go out in nature and kind of disconnect yourself and let your let your systems reset. I think there's a lot of value to that. So I hope you find that, even if even if you are within the range of cell towers, I hope you uh, find uh, you know some some sort of digital solace. You can still turn the tele or the cell phone off. Damn straight, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, do it. Do it more often. Turn it off. Mine's off right now. It's on airplane mode, but you know, uh, yeah. So, uh, well, I'm curious, Wayne. Do you have any questions for Maria? Because um, we're going to talk about Maria's adventure here in just a minute. But no, I'd love I want to know. hear about her. Adventure. Okay. Do you want to ask her some questions about her adventure? Yes. How many? Well, one. You're going to be doing how many miles in one day? Two hundred. Only two hundred. That's all. So remember earlier when we were saying there's no ride too short. There's no ride too long. I'm over at the other end right now. There's there's no ride too long. You want to restate again what the event is that you're doing? This is the Swift Summit 200-100. It's the inaugural year of the event. Uh, Race director is Trevor Lee Spangle, who is himself quite a legit accomplished rider. In fact, he competed in the Dirty Kanza this year as captain of a tandem. What's the Dirty Kanza? 200-mile off-road race in Kansas. Badass race. And it... Unlike the 200 miles I'm about to do, it's uh, it's single track. It's challenging mountain biking. Uh-huh. This event is mostly paved. There's seven miles of off-road within a 200-mile race. It is an OBRA event. That's the Oregon Bicycle Racing Association. It's not a race, but there are prizes three deep. <laughs> <laughs> is it a trial? Is it an event? What? How do they refer to it? Hmm... As the Swift Summit 200-100. There you go. It's a number. It's its own style. Are the prizes happenstance to be given out for the first, second, and third place, or they just they <laughs> scatter them randomly throughout the participants? But random would be nice. I'd stand a chance. Uh, f- but it's first, oh, okay. first, second, okay. and third in each category. There are 
five categories that I know of. There's the men's 200, the women's 200. Ooh, let me say that over again. There's the women's 200, the men's 200. Okay. The women's 100, the men's 100. Ah. And then there's a couple doing it on a tandem. So there's a, a, a team category or a tandem category. There's a tandem category. Okay, Everybody nice. else is individuals. Gotcha. You can race for a team, uh-huh. but you're not in a peloton. Uh-huh. That's what I'm picturing anyway. And okay. There are controls, and they're running it like a brevet. Controls, as in? So they are a lot like a rest stop that you would see at one of these organized event centuries. And they will have some snacks for us, but instead of being an actual rest stop, it's a check-in. Gotcha. And so you check in. You'll prove that you've ridden such and so miles to get there. You have to make a time cutoff. They stamp your card, and you're responsible for that. When okay. you come in, they don't say, oh, remember to stamp your card now. you you got <laughs> to get that stamped. It's up to you. So, yeah, and there's seven of those controls. I, I do know from my randonneuring days that the the stops are what get you. Oh. You know, seven stops. Stopping for 10 minutes, that's nothing, right? No, that's 70 minutes. Stopping for 70 minutes, that's a lot. So, uh, yeah, so that's happening this Saturday, August 26th, down in Lebanon, Oregon. And uh, Conversion Brewing is setting everybody up with with beer and pizza and whatnot. And they have a ton of other sponsors I couldn't begin to remember. But But Conversion Brewing is the most important because they make an intoxicant. To me it was. I'm just constantly stalking Trevor and saying, (laughs) you know, will there be beer? Uh, What kind of candy will you have? Absolutely. How much beer will there be? How much candy will there be? Right? (laughs) Will there be lemon heads at the controls? That's what I need to know. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Very good. Uh, Wayne, what else are you curious about about this event? Uh, I think that covered. I'm not. I like how you hand off the baton of interviewer. <laughs> <laughs> Way to go! <laughs> so, what's what's exciting, or what are you most excited about in this event, or for this event? What's motivating you to do this? Uh, so every year, I kind of pick a big thing, or at least a weird thing, and. Um, Last year, I competed in a race called the Steens Mazama 1000. Yeah, which, did we talk to you about that one after you did it? I'm trying to remember. That might have been one of the rides too short, or no ride too short. I I don't know. Because you talked to, you and David came in together. Oh, my years all so jumbled yes. together. Okay, so yeah. it's only been one year. So when you it's only interviewed been 12 months. DB, it was me and DBR. That's right. Because we had both competed in it. That's right. Okay, so there together. was that. And then you also did the Oregon Outback the year before that. In 2015? I sure did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. There we go. So you're starting to see a pattern months ago. here. Yeah. Every year I'm like, ooh, that looks terrifying. I better go do it. <laughs> uh, I don't know what I'll do next year. Yeah. Um, and, you know, this 200 miles is certainly a smaller, more limited adventure than last year's Steens Masama 1000. Less than 1,000. Uh, yeah. And no overnights. I mean, I'll sleep down in Lebanon somewhere. But, sure. Um, no overnights during the ride. I'll be empty as far as load on my bike hmm. i'll just have a couple chocolate bars and an inner tube or something and you're gonna eat um, the inner tube too <laughs> if things get dicey you never know we hope it doesn't come to that <laughs> i hope not too right it's, it's one of the ultra endurance where you have to use the tube to band your hands to the bars so you can keep biking throughout because oh, you're boy. losing 70 minutes there you <laughs> go all of these stops every second counts so, so what time do you start so the 200 mile riders will start at 5 a.m and then the hundreds start at 8 a.m. Part of my strategy, you know, a lot of my preparation for these rides is mental. And so I think about strategy and how am I parsing out the day and 
what's it going to be like at the start line? And I'm going to be so nervous. Do you want to give some details away or is that part of your uh, secret strategy? Oh, no. I, okay. Sharing it is definitely part of okay. it. So my first step was to create a scrapbook page months ago where I detailed each of the controls. And so I've got the controls memorized. So you know where each one is. I know vaguely where each one is, what the name of it is, what the distance of it is, and what the time cutoff is. And so that's just going to help me during the day wrap my mind around it. And I have a goal for each one. So example, first control is at 46 miles. It's Lacombe. And uh, that closes at 10 a.m. I would like to be there by 8.30 a.m. And, and it continues like that. So, um, so there's a lot of, lot of mental preparation you're doing, just like any trained athlete. I mean, at this point, you're a trained athlete. I, I suppose. Yeah. I, you know, I, I feel like I don't train enough. And instead, I kind of approach it like a school project slash scrapbook project. And I've got all these papers all over the place. And I stare at the map and I try and learn the turns and learn where the big, where the top is. So I know to be relieved when I'm up there. And um, so, yeah, so that's a lot of my strategy is just don't look at anybody else at the start line. Be friendly, but don't talk to anybody. Don't look at anybody. Just go. They go around the bend and they get smaller. That's okay. I'm I'm with me. Guess and, who's the same size? You. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, that sounds like a good strategy. It's, it's kind of like, you know, like the person who waits till the last minute to build a paper mache volcano for the science fair. And, you know, you're not saying I know anything about this, but you put it together and it works. And, you know, that's you. That's your project. And it doesn't have to be compared to somebody else's project. It's just like, you know, how much did I put into this? Did it work for me? Did my process serve me well? And it sounds like it's going to for you. I hope so. And, you know, I will share, uh, and I've said this before and I don't think it's a, an original thought but to me the, it's the finishing is not important it's starting is what's important mm. going to the start line of whatever it is that's the victory and from there you know hopefully I'll make it to the finish line I mean everybody finishes somewhere right right yeah. <laughs> starting that's the hard part right so yeah so that's my plan it's gonna so be great go to the start line if you don't make the time cutoff, you're out the first time? Or? If you don't oh. make the time cutoff, they will offer to sag you back to the finish. Mm -hmm. I suppose you could continue to ride, but the other controls will likely be closed when you get there. Mm -hmm. And you'll disqualify from earning the little cap that I now have my heart set on now that I know it exists. But you'll get the cap. I, I, I have, I have so. no doubt that you'll finish this. <laughs> I appreciate your support. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so just, we've only got a few minutes before I want to shift gears and talk to Annalisa, but I'm curious, what is your setup? Because somewhere out there, some guy is yelling at his headphones like, what's she riding? What is she riding? What's your gear like? So it's over there in the corner. Yeah. It's called the Soma Smoothie ES. ES Ooh. is for extra smooth. Yeah. I've got the 32 millimeter wide Panaracer T-Serve. These okay. are the best tires on earth. Don't take them to Silver Star, but you'll probably be fine on the roads you're going on. Yeah. I mean, they're they're legit tires. They're yeah. nice on the road. They're okay on the gravel. Sure. Panaracer is a good name, too. I mean, people swear by them. They're, they're terrific tires. So I've got those. Uh, my basket. Which is a distinctive. If anybody has heard your previous episodes, you've described how each bicycle in your fleet, you've got how many? Nine? 
have 10 now. 10. Congratulations. I'm selling a Dutch Cruiser if anybody wants to buy it. And plus one. Uh, each one has a distinctive, uh, what is it, a plastic basket or uh, what's the They're material? usually the Toys R Us kind, although, you know, on my super nice Cruiser, I have a wicker. It's like an Easter basket, I suppose, like what you would get your candy in uh, if, if yeah. you and, and your fact, family observe that holiday. Yeah, and in fact, I do carry candy in it, so yes. Yeah. <laughs> do you have the little, uh, the, the like fake grass, the plastic grass that comes with the Easter basket? I don't, but there's real grass out on the course. I also, was... you'd be even better. <laughs> it up but yeah you've, you've talked before about how that's a great place to store all your stuff it's like a handlebar bag but it's not as expensive so you don't have to worry about breaking it and, right. and it i've made your... a bag to put in it it's zip tied mm-hmm. on it the mm-hmm. bungee goes to the zip tie and then i also have a little saddle bag with a uh it's a hot pink faux alligator yeah that i'll carry my inner tubes in and then we get a drop bag so that's a really nice luxury of this race we get a gallon size freezer bag at one of the controls that we can access. It doesn't seem like a lot of space, but what are you going to pack into that gallon bag? So I've already packed it. First, I covered it with uh, Hello Kitty duct tape so that everybody knows it's mine. Okay. And it's CO2s and tubes and chocolate, rolling Neko wafers, extra pair of shorts, Neko wafers. Sorry, I just got stuck on that. Are you a uh, strawberry or chocolate or vanilla Neko wafer fan? I really like the green ones. Oh, what what is it about the green ones? I don't know. Are they mint? Are they lime? I know. Yeah, they're like win- wintergreen, right? Because oh, oh. when you snap them, they they um they spark in your they teeth. Sparkle. Yeah. Like oh. if you chew them in the dark, they make little sparks. Yeah, they're yeah. supposed to. I'm pretty sure it's wintergreen. <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't wait to go home now. Yeah, Neko wafers are the best. <laughs> Pretty so much road testing best. happening here, except for lemonheads. And you know they are—they're real sugar. It's none of this like other chemical stuff. Screw so. that. Yeah, cane sugar is where it's at. For, yeah, for me it is. Wayne, you were going to say something? <laughs> oh, and, and bicyclekitty.com. Just to throw oh, that plug Oh, thank on. you. He's giving yep. a plug to my blog. What a sweetheart. Thank yep. you. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, you've done some event planning uh, through that, I believe, right? Oh, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you've you've had a lot of rides. Uh, there have been many that I've wanted to go on, but every time I see the invite on Facebook, uh, my calendar's already booked with something else. Well, I'll so tell you what, there'll be more. i got to say no to something soon so I can go on one of these rides. So if anybody wants to find out about these rides, I do have a, a page on Facebook, Bicycle Kitty, and I'll advertise rides there. Or, you know, drop me an email to bicyclekitty at Gmail, and I'll just add you to my ride list. Absolutely. i, I got to thank you for being a bootstrapper when it comes to coming up with gear, because like a lot of people who are doing an event like you're doing would probably take a lot of pride in having spent a lot of money on the certain, like, you know, the style of bags or whatever. The style you prefer is a style you make yourself. It's a style you've kind of come up with, I think. And uh, faux leather, uh, faux alligator? Yeah, that was yeah. actually a gift. Right. So it uh, cost me nothing. It's sure. nice to have a Yeah. <laughs> and, and, well, it's, I guarantee you'll be the only person, unless, you know, prove me wrong, but you might be the only person there with a faux alligator bag strapped to your bike. We'll see. Now I'm going to be tempted to look at other people, and that was part of my strategy. <laughs> oh, that's right. Not, uh, not so look. don't do that. Do that I'll at the end. look at the finish line. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I do love the idea that you've come up with a bunch of touches to make your bike your own. It's super functional. It does what you need it to do, and it costs zilch, right? Mm-hmm. Or very little. So... Uh, that's really inspiring. I'm glad you do that. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Well, we wish you the best. Thank you so uh, much. Be the be the awesomest. Okay, I will make an attempt. There's you a lot what? of awesome that's going to be there. That's so. right. But you know, you know where the bar is set. Whatever you think is awesome. <laughs> okay. So I'll if you do it. what you think is awesome, that's going to be a good thing. Then we'll look at the numbers after that. But <laughs> okay. congratulations. Also, uh, I think on Facebook there was uh, a, a little uh, writer bio, a little uh, uh, what have you. Yeah, and this race director, I mean, I just cannot say enough great things about him. He's done a like a racer profile of, yeah. of 
most or all of the racers and just really <laughs> built up through the event. I feel like the red carpet is just being rolled out for right. us. So Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's always good to feel like appreciated at that type of event as well instead of just like cattle herded towards some unknown destination. Oh, yeah. One of the things he did, he wrote everybody a hand, little nice handwritten note about why he was excited they were doing the ride. And wow. he included a blackout poem. What? So <laughs> that's a page he tore from a book, covered most of the words in Sharpie. Oh, yeah. Revealing a select few. Really? I've memorized my poem as part of my preparation. And I will just tell you the first couple of lines. Uh-huh. Mile by mile, reveal your heart. Nice. Right. Nice, huh? that's, like a, Absolutely. that's like a race <laughs> mantra. I know, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, mile by mile by 200. Yeah. You got this. Mm-hmm. It's just one mile. <laughs> yeah. Several times over. Absolutely. Yep. You do it and you do it again. So speaking of huge miles. Uh-huh. Maybe we should talk with Annalisa. I think that's yeah. a great idea. Uh, I, feel free, both of you, all three of you, to pepper in your questions as we go. But Annalisa, tell us about your journey, because you just ended, uh, you crossed the continent. I did. I started in Yorktown, Virginia, and I ended in Seattle, Washington there a few we go. years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Is this the first time you've done one of these tours, or is this uh, is this kind of, uh, you've been building towards this for a while? I've kind of been building towards it. When I was um, 16 in 2008, I did a, another cross-country tour I'm from doing Seattle. doing the math now and trying to figure out what <laughs> yeah. your age is. I'm just going to ignore that. Uh, <laughs> sure. But you've been working on bicycle travel for a while. Yes. Um, I went from Seattle to New York in 2008, and it was basically the highlight of my life. Like, I'm not even exaggerating. Um, so I just figured since I had the time, I would do it again. What gave you the time? Um, I was actually laid off about a year ago and that, um, made me kind of freelance for a while. I'm a graphic designer. Uh Um, so I figured since I had more time, I would do it. Blessing in disguise. I realized that not everyone has three months that they can just take off. <laughs> so I'm really <laughs> Would lucky. that we all did, but yes. Yeah. So you, you took these lemons and married them into uh, lemonade. Exactly. As it yes. were. Uh, very good. So you're from where? I'm from New York City. Okay. Yeah. That's right. We talked about that earlier. I figured I'd ask for the listener's sake, not because I forgot, because we <laughs> talked to, it was, you know, like 45 minutes yeah. ago. But no, you started uh, just growing up in New York. Were you into bicycles all the time, or did you look, uh, get them later in life? As yeah, a- so my mom um, signed me up for this organization called Teen Treks, and it's basically just like a bike camp for teenagers. Um, and my first trip was from Buffalo to Toronto, which is just like a hundred and so miles. Um, and just ever since then, I've been obsessed with it. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of, uh, well, Buffalo and, and a number of other places, mm-hmm. uh, we were talking to pedalshift.net, Tim Mooney. Uh, he's, uh, he does a great show about bicycle tourism and he, apparently you and, uh, and he, Maria are from very similar places nearby, right? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I'm from outside of Rochester, a little bitty town called Churchville. Uh-huh. Um, you missed it on your tour from from Buffalo Mm. to Toronto. But, you know, it's really neat to hear that Teen Tracks or any of these kind of programs like the ones that Wayne were talking about earlier, what a huge impact they can have on on a person's life. Oh, yeah, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, this got you interested and it kept you on the hook. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Ever since then, I've been doing shorter tours with my friend and um, I was actually diagnosed with type 1 diabetes about a year after I did the first cross-country tour. Right. Um, And people would always ask me, like, if I would do it again with the disease. And I, I never really... I always thought it would be more difficult, um, so I kind of put it off. Um, but that's one of the reasons why I did it, just to challenge myself. Got to prove yeah. to yourself that you could. Yeah. Yeah. So exactly. what was that like? Having diabetes. Sure, <laughs> while, like while traveling across the country. <laughs> yeah, that bike. was yeah. tough. Um, 
it's definitely um, hard because you have to make sure that you have enough food on you. Um, I have these two pods that are on my skin, which make it much easier. I have a an insulin pump and a continuous glucose monitor, which tells me my blood sugar, what it is every five minutes, uh-huh. which is very helpful. <laughs> um, so I just have to keep checking that. Um, for those who don't know what type 1 diabetes is, it's basically when your pancreas is broken uh-huh. and um, it doesn't produce insulin, which is what food... what turns food into energy um so i basically just have to do all the thinking for an organ that's not there <laughs> got you right yeah. these are things that some people have as yeah. a, a subconscious mm-hmm. subroutine but you have to think about this yes. a lot <laughs> uh and i know like there are various kinds of diabetes some of them are more severe some of them are less but this mm-hmm. is kind of more severe this is something that you have to keep a lot of attention yeah. on yeah there's type one and type two um when people hear diabetes they usually think of like obesity and um type two and is... you're clearly not obese <laughs> Uh, yes. Um, but type two is what's usually caused by diet and lack of exercise. Um, and type one is, they don't actually know what causes it. It just shows up. Yeah. Right. But the reason why it's type one is because it used to be the most occurring until the obesity epidemic. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, diet mm-hmm. induced. So that's why it's confusing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that means that uh, you, you're spending a lot of time, like you say, about uh, just kind of keeping track of what your body is doing. Yeah. Uh, and for some people, like if you get a little hungry, you, you know, your, your, uh, your chemistry is out of alignment. Mm-hmm. You're like, just like it's like you get cranky. But for you, this is a much more serious mm-hmm. risk. So that means you had to spend yeah, a lot of time <laughs> right, thinking mm-hmm. about what you're going to do to keep yourself conscious and healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I ended up carrying like a lot of food, probably more than I really needed, but just for peace of mind. Uh-huh. Um, and so biking, of course, it brings it down. It brings your blood sugar down. Um, so I just have to constantly like have snacks on me and be eating and monitoring it. Yeah. Yeah. Do any of those foods that you carried overlap with uh, with a guilty pleasure of some kind? Oh yeah. Sometimes okay. I'm actually in this um, dinner group with a lot of other diabetics in New York, and we joke um, that sometimes we'll like try to make ourselves low just so that we can have a treat. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, what's your go to? Um, well, I carry gummy bears for okay. my, for my low snacks. Those are a good ones. Um, yeah, but just like ice cream or chocolate. Okay. Great. You yeah. can't really easily carry ice cream in its yeah, natural it's not form. Very portable. Natural frozen form. <laughs> yeah. You but, can't um, carry that necessarily in your bike pannier. So yeah. <laughs> gummy bears. Yes. And what else? What did you say? We just ate a lot of ice cream on the trip. Just, okay. Yeah. So you find ice cream where it, where it exists yeah. in the wild. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> do you have a favorite ice cream destination on the road? Um, there's a place in Missoula, Montana called the Big Dipper. Ooh. Um, yeah, that was really good. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I've been, I want to say I've been to a Dairy Queen in mm. Missoula, but that's I where a lot, a lot of Dairy Queens. Right. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. a dependable place to find ice cream sure. in rural towns across yeah. America. I love the dipped cones. I had never had those before. Yeah. The chocolate <laughs> yeah. dip, right? You like, they dip it, they do, oh, they do yeah. the soft serve with the, yeah. the signature curly nice texture. Like and they dip it into a chocolate thing yeah, and then it comes yeah. out looking like a chocolate dip curly Q ice cream cone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. what's the thing that you buy? Uh, the hard shell, is that what they call it? Where like you drizzle mm-hmm. like chocolate onto your ice cream yeah, and then you can buy that it... and have it at home. Right. Yeah. Danger. <laughs> <laughs> so all that's, all that's left is to get a soft serve machine for your house. Yes. Yeah. Uh, very good. Did you have any close calls with, with uh, these requirements when you were on the road? When I was in Virginia, um, Virginia was really hot. Um, we were going through a heat wave and my blood sugar would just, it would not go down. It would just be really high the whole time. Um, and so I, ended up um, coming to the conclusion that my insulin had gone bad. Uh-huh. Um, so I had to kind of let my friend go ahead while I got more insulin at the pharmacy. Um, was which, that the case? Um, it's hard to say uh, for sure, but I'm pretty sure it was. Okay. Yeah. 
And then, of course, I had trouble getting insulin because my insurance would only cover like a certain oh. amount. Yeah. So. When you were riding, you were with two other people. Were mm-hmm. they trained to try and help you when you, if you had an issue or an incident? Yeah. So actually, um, I went with two friends. One of them I actually know from that dinner group that I mentioned earlier. Um, his name is Eric, and he also has type 1 diabetes. So that was nice to have someone else. Um, and he has the same kind of monitor that I have. So we would just be like constantly beeping at night. <laughs> yeah. You, you so, said this is in a, a pod, you said? Yes. So I have um, an insulin pump that's kind of like a pod that's on my skin uh-huh. uh, where it del- delivers insulin through a cannula. And I change that every three days. Like I change the location of it. Okay. Um, you can put it wherever there's fat on your body. Um, and then I also have another pod that talks to my phone and tells me um, like a graph of my blood sugar and where it is. Yeah. yeah. So when mm-hmm. your when your two friends left or not left when you split paths yeah. and you were by yourself, was that kind of a concern because you didn't have that uh, those support group basically? Yeah. I mean, it was a lot of the time I was biking on my own anyway. Like um, they were a lot faster, um, so we would just uh, let each other know of like just in case we go really low where we're unconscious, we have to use this thing called a glucagon uh, where you have to like inject yourself with um, glucose, <laughs> but that we never had to use that. Thank God. Yeah. Good thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just curious, uh, aside from some of the health considerations, mm-hmm. what were some of the other difficulties you faced on the trip? Not sure. related to <laughs> diabetes. Um, I always, people ask me like what the worst day was. Um, and it does a little bit have to do with diabetes, but um, it was in Wyoming in the Grand Tetons. We were climbing mm. this. It's beautiful there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> beautiful place to have a bad day. <laughs> um, it was going up Togwoti Pass. Oh, yeah. yeah you've been I there? had a bad day there one oh, really? time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just like yeah. you know the the, uh, the bonk, as they say, not having enough food yeah. in your system at the wrong time. Yeah, they warn you about that. Yeah. yeah. So you had a bad day. Yeah, for sure. Um, I was going up the, the pass, and I forgot how many feet tall it is, but... Um, there were so many mosquitoes, and if you didn't go faster than 10 miles an hour, they would be swarming you. And it was just insane. Like, this person um, who was biking in front of me, I could just see just, like, black with mosquitoes around them. Oh, yeah, man, so, like in the center of a cloud. Yeah. So I, was, I had just had a flat, and I started biking. And the mosquitoes were swarming me. Were they um, swarming you during the flat as well, I assume? <laughs> yeah, also. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I heard thunder in the distance. And oh. I looked at my blood sugar monitor and it had like the two <laughs> down arrows, which means that it's going <laughs> down really fast. Oh, no. So I had to stop and eat, which made the mosquitoes even worse. <laughs> 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 but oh. I made it through. And the view at the top was spectacular. So. Yeah. Made it all worth it. <laughs> yeah, the inexplicably yeah. Per, uh, inexplicably pronounced Togodi Pass because mm-hmm. yeah. it's not spelled that way. Oh, <laughs> but uh, yes. Yeah. I mean, maybe it is, and I don't understand I don't it. So but, I'm curious. What mm-hmm. what was your best day? Yes. The best day. Um, well, I always remember the moment when, like, after we went through the flatlands of Kansas, um, we went into Colorado, where part of Colorado looks like Kansas, also it's just flat. Um, but we went over this one crest of a hill, and we suddenly saw the snow-capped mountains in the distance. Um, so that was a great moment just to like know that you're in the West. <laughs> We're off the yeah. plains. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow. Very yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, again, people screaming at their earbuds. What kind of gear were you using for this trip? Um, the, the bike, you mean? Yeah. Um, I had a Novara. It's the touring bike that REI makes. It's the only touring bike that they make. It's a Is Novara. It Sorry? Is it the Safari? 
No, it's the Novara Randonnée. Randonnée, yes, yeah. Yes, it's the 2010 one. My parents bought it for me as a high school graduation gift. Okay. Best gift I ever got. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Super cool of them. 27 speed. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, you got yeah. your uh, three chain rings in front. Yes, bunch exactly. Of, bunch of gears on the back cassette. Yeah. You got a rack to carry your stuff, front and yeah, back so rack? front and back, yeah. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. what kind of bags do you use? Um, on the back, I use Arkell. It's a Canadian brand. Yeah. Yeah, and then on the front, I had Ortlieb's. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. kind of an industry standard. I know Arkell is, uh, I want to say that uh, it's the favorite of the uh, Metal Cowboy, Joker Maskey. He's a big fan of those. Uh, I've seen Arkell around quite mm-hmm. a bit as well. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, mixing the two. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you get uh, both of those separately? Like, did you get one set before the other? Uh, yeah, because I led uh, another tour kind of similar to Teen Treks um, for this organization called Student Hosteling Program. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I had bought it from them. Yeah. yeah. That back. was a disaster of a tour, by the oh, way, okay. <laughs> because I got a concussion on it and I was the, oh the junior leader. <laughs> oh. So I was the one who had to bike in the front, um, but I lost control going down a gravelly path and I fell and I forgot I was in Canada and what year it was. So. My oh my. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I'm glad you're back. I'm glad you're okay. <laughs> Me too. What, what was the recovery like from that? Oh, it was, it wasn't, um, too intense of a concussion. I just wasn't able to bike anymore. Uh-huh. Like I had to take a taxi from campground to campground, okay. which just made it a, a huge hassle. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a big bill, but, uh, how long did it take before you could bike again? Um, just a few weeks. Okay. Yeah. Just a, little, a small yeah, recovery small. period. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. They were just scared to, cause if you were to fall again, it would be really bad. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. who sticks out to you on uh, the trip that you took? Who did you meet that kind of, you remember as like, sure. Oh, I'll never forget this person. So I actually have a project that I had, um, throughout the whole trip. It's called 4,000 miles of portraits where I took a picture of not everyone I met, but a lot of people. Cool. Um, and so, yeah, it's just amazing. The kindness that you receive on the road. Um, there was this one guy in Virginia, his name was Piney and we were talking at a gas station and he was just like telling me his life story. Um, people tend to tell you their life story when you tell them that you're crossing the country. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've had a journey myself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but we said our goodbyes and then I, I biked like three miles down the road and, um, he pulled up in front of me and gave me a tenderloin biscuit and fifty dollars, <laughs> <laughs> like a biscuit so with tenderloin inside, like like yeah, just, a sandwich? just from the gas station. Wow, that's pretty cool. <laughs> but it's it's funny how people give you money also, sure. yeah, because yeah, I think you're homeless sometimes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. You know, my wife and I had this trip. We, it wasn't even a long tour. We went up to yeah. see my family in Tacoma, but we were traveling by bike and by bus, and so mm-hmm. we were standing around a transit center with our bikes, and some guy saw us eating bread. Like, you know, we're just eating, like, we had this loaf of bread, and so we're, like, you know, pulling out some slices, and it was, like, multi-grain or whatever. It was, it was tasty. Yeah. It was, like, you guys are eating bread. Let me give you some money. So, yeah. It's, yeah, we eat on, like, gas station floors a lot of the time. <laughs> just, like, barbarians. You know, but there's yeah. something there's something kind of charming about there that, is, right? Yeah. And, and the whole experience yeah. of just, like, you know, you know, screw society's rules. I don't need a table. Yeah. Yeah. There were some days. I don't days, need silverware. <laughs> there were some days on this trip where I was cycling on my own. Um, like, I wasn't always cycling with friends, and... Um, I met this one guy around the campfire at this campground and he was telling me that he saw me earlier in the day biking on the road and he was like, he was telling me what he was thinking and he said like, oh, I saw you on the road and I was thinking if I should like pull over or not because I was wondering like what you were doing on your own biking. Like, is she in trouble? (laughs) Imagine that. So it's just like, yeah, it's, it's kind of a shame the, the image of biking in this country is different from Europe. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) 
But every person that does what you did and will yeah. continue to do, I assume, uh, kind of changes that narrative just a little bit. One person at a time, yeah, exactly. every contact you yeah. make is like, hey, this is okay. Yeah. And this person isn't in trouble and they're not sad. They're yeah. having an adventure. <laughs> they're choosing they like. to do this. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, how would people find this Portraits Project? You said there is a website or? Yeah, it's um, 4,000, the number, um, 4,000 miles of portraits.com. 4,000 yes. miles of very good. Yeah. Okay. It's kind of like a an infographic of the country through the the faces that I met. Yeah. yeah. No, and it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. I love what portraiture can can tell you about somebody. Just like yeah. seeing how someone comports themselves in front of a camera mm-hmm. tells you a ton about who yeah. they are and what they think about the world and mm-hmm. like so many things. Yeah, so, sure. That's great. <laughs> uh what what do you plan to do next? Um well, I'm going to head back to New York tomorrow actually. There we go. Um <laughs> don't really have any plans, just going to keep looking for a job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very good. Yeah, it's kind of open right now. Yeah. Well, you took advantage of the whole thing. And uh, Guthrie, what you had mm-hmm. something. I was going to say we should talk about the eclipse for everyone that's oh, here at some point. Absolutely. In time. Yeah. Well, why don't we do that now? Uh, just uh, just to say, uh, to finish up, you, you sure. said you're going home and uh, you're going to figure out what job you get next. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then what, what adventure would you like to have next? Uh, that's a good question. I really want to do the Pacific Coast. Um and I'm kind of tired of the U.S. Like, I want to see what bike touring is like in, in Europe. Um, I heard that in Norway, you can, you're can you allowed to just camp wherever. Um, yeah. yeah. Yes. So I, I would There's love a lot to... of European countries. Scotland's uh-huh. another thing. There's oh, different really? private property nice. rules. You don't have it. You can camp anywhere. Yeah. Talk to the landowner. Just don't get in the way of cows or things. Uh-huh. Cows have oh. priority. Yeah, cows and sheep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And my, my dad is Dutch, so I have a lot of family in the Netherlands, and it's very bike-friendly there, so that'd, Perfect. Be, that'd be a change. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Sure. Well, I wish you the best. I hope you find something that allows you to have that adventure mm-hmm. at the time that's right for you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Excellent. Uh, welcome to Portland. Uh, I hope, I, I wish you could stay longer, <laughs> I wish you could, uh, but I hope, that, have you done anything that uh, is Portland-y that uh, you wanted to do? Um, well, not portlandy but i was able to see the eclipse and say yes okay let's <laughs> yeah. talk about let's talk sure. about this eclipse first your experience what did you see um i was able to bike um from portland to salem because um my friend who i met on the trip uh was just inviting everyone to her house in salem um so that was spectacular yeah, yeah. very good we got the totality you saw yeah. totality mm-hmm. for two minutes and 10 seconds yes those two minutes went by very quickly. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. What, what, did, uh, what was the experience like for you? What did you feel and see? I just thought the, like, as it was getting darker and darker, it was just a, a totally different kind of light. It's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> did you see weird shadows? Yeah. I saw the, the crescent shadows under the trees. That was crazy. Heard about this. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. intense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just uh, feels like a dream. Like it, it didn't even happen. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Guthrie, what was your experience with the eclipse? Did you do anything particular? Uh, did you leave Portland for it? No, unfortunately, I was uh, stuck in Portland, but I did Me manage too. to. Yeah, <laughs> um, I did manage to go down to the waterfront park where I joined a couple thousand people who were enjoying similar. So it was very fun to um, just kind of post up and listen to people's interactions. Uh, there was a family very close by to us whose daughter was very excited and she kept trying to take her glasses off and the parents kept on saying like, nope, nope, nope. The protective glasses that keep uh, the sun's corona exactly. from, uh, yeah. But, but just like enjoying and like everybody's fascination of this to the point that you would actually just want to take your glasses off and see like, can I actually like, oh, nope, it's still pretty bright. Um, <laughs> exactly. And then at the, what w- I guess would be the 99.2 or 99.4 apex of the Portland eclipse, um, it was kind of 
interesting as this eruption of applause just sort of cascaded throughout the waterfront because everybody, yeah. you know, you had just enough time to be like, oh, is it? Is it? Yep. Yeah, it is. It and is. Off it goes. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, the, the, the general fanfare, um, really love the shadows with the sort of eclipse uh, patterns in that. And then also, yeah, just, I guess, sharing in everybody's fascination and appreciation, albeit not in Salem, uh, but at 99.4 uh, has made Jane and I want to go and seek out at least 2024, 20, if not something a little bit earlier. You're um, an eclipse chaser now. We might just become eclipse chasers. <laughs> yeah. Which is, is insane. Um, yeah. Seeing that we totally could have theoretically made plans to go down to Salem. However, um, with the willingness and fortunately ability to travel at times, uh, we're going to try to make a shot for 2024. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. 2024. Also the, uh, the year of the Olympics. So oh, yeah. that's true. You could both compete in the Olympics and see an eclipse. Ah, I was thinking I think. for the talking about getting out is if the bike trip down to Chile happens sooner than it currently is roadmapped. You're planning a bike Chile, trip to Chile. I've, I've always wanted to bike to Chile. Yeah. Um, I'd still love to, but if it happened to work out, that might be a good end destination goal um, Totally for you know, taking about a year and just heading south mm -hmm. and trying to catch the eclipse in 2019 in Chile. But totally. that might be a bit of a pipe dream at this point. I hope not, but uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll keep it tuned. Uh, yeah. Well, I wish the best on that one. I hope, I hope that things line up, as it were. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, very good. Uh, when I saw the eclipse, I was thinking of, uh, you know, there's that song by The Nap, but instead of the actual lyrics, I was thinking, look at the sun's corona. Look at the sun's <laughs> corona. Sun, 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 sun. Woo! So something like that. Uh, but Maria, what, what was your eclipse experience like? I viewed it from my back deck. Uh-huh. You have a back deck that faces the sun. Uh, yeah, yes. enough. And, I, you know, I just chose not to go to totality and give up 0.06% or whatever. <laughs> and it yeah. was really nice, just me and my cat and lots of crescent shadows. Uh, one thing that I didn't expect... Just as it was at its 99 point, whatever, mm -hmm. uh, I went in the house to grab something and it was pitch dark in the house. Yeah. So outside in the yard, there's sun. It's bright. You right. can't look at the sun yes. without your glasses it's, on. It's uh, uh, about 1% of the usual sunlight, but it still looks like daylight. If you glance up with your mm -hmm. regular eyes, yep. it just looks like the sun is shining. Right. And everywhere around, you look at everything and uh -huh. it just looks like the sun is shining. But inside. Yeah. You look with your glasses... And there's just a little line of sun. Yeah. You go inside, and it may as well be midnight. Nighttime, it's pitch yeah. black inside. Crazy, right? Just yeah. bizarre. The yeah. human eye is very good at compensating for low light in that regard, and so that's where <laughs> a lot of that happens. Is your uh -huh. your brain is actually tricked into believing one thing as you're looking at it, and if you lose that frame of reference, then everything else, like just like you experienced, it just goes pitch black, like an iPhone camera. Yeah, yeah. it was really bizarre. And then my neighbor was playing his radio, and he had a great. It, it, dark Side of the Moon Oh, came there we on. go. <laughs> Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon. You have uh, to do and it. then at the end of it, it was the, you know, the Beatles, Here Comes the Sun. So oh, fabulous. That's a, that's a great idea. I was a little bummed not to hear, you know, turn around, <laughs> the Eclipse song. Oh, yeah. I love it. But that's that's awesome. So just seeing it from home. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned you, you went down to sea or you were in the area. Yes, we were down in Independence, Oregon, uh, looking at it. And I'd seen solar eclipses before partial eclipses uh -huh. and, and i'm going to upset probably three people in the room but there's a uh -oh. huge difference between 99 percent and and being able to take the glasses off the <laughs> oh, you lie don't devalue our experience I'm, no, I'm, no. I'm kidding i'm and, kidding be, and, and and realize i didn't realize how For big sure. a difference it would be uh to look for, at the sun's corona yeah, <laughs> and, and, and to see the corona and stare at it and, and without the glasses and totally. be able to see planets and 
During the day. During the day. Mm-hmm. Technically. Um, yes, and and the the 360 sunset, I, like I said before, it was truly a magical thing. And mm-hmm. I think it's Texas in 2024. Is it uh, Texas or, or uh, I had seen uh, uh, like Vermont, but I could okay. totally be off on that. I, I could be too, but well, I, I could do a whole big stripe like it did that's this That's true. Time. That's true. So, uh, yeah, I'll probably be chasing it in, in 2024. Yeah. Perfect. Excellent. Let's all go. All right. Yeah. Eclipse Sounds today. good. Party time. <laughs> yeah. I uh, inadvertently, I've been scheduling interviews for uh, positions at my work, and I scheduled one for 10 a.m. Uh, on the day of the eclipse, which, of course, is you know when the eclipse is going to happen. So we had to reschedule that interview because everyone <laughs> at work was out in the parking lot. I saw, I didn't see any of the weird shadows, but I saw fuzzy shadows, like my own shadow was very fuzzy. So I tried to take a picture of it with my iPhone, but then the picture just looks like a fuzzy picture, so I'm not sure if that's the actual representation or yeah, not. Yeah, I took right. a selfie and a cat selfie. Yeah. Us two together. Like you do. Like you do. <laughs> Crazy cat lady style. And um, <laughs> it was clear. I mean, I was, it, it was clear. And then when you look at it, it we're in this dream state underwater. Mm-hmm. The light really affected the way it looks. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, did anybody else have any, like, weird queasiness during or after the event? Nope. Nope. No. no. I feel like I'm still, like, partially sleepy from it i feel like i yeah. like didn't even quite wake up from it but maybe it's just right. been a long week or such it's the age of aquarius yeah i think something like that no i, I had this weird like I, I couldn't explain it but i remember just after like kind of after the event happened i was like well i feel strange mm-hmm. and that lasted for however long yeah i'm not sure if it's over yet or not and elisa you saw totality how did that affect you i mean um no that the sunset was crazy i was wondering where that came from is that just like Seeing the part that's not in totality. Yes, yeah, so you're looking yeah. out around you, and there's mm-hmm. light hitting everywhere around yeah. you, and you're not in that light, mm-hmm. and it's, it's really fun. Yeah, you could definitely feel the temperature drop too. Yes. Yeah, I didn't get queasy, but okay, that's good. <laughs> it just felt like a dream to me. Yeah, it got like <laughs> super damn cold. Yeah. Like I just remember yeah, standing like outside in my shirt sleeves, yeah. and like, well, now I'm cold. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> exactly. That was only 99. percent So 100 yeah. percent totality. That's uh, you, you must have been very cold. Mm-hmm. But did you experience anything like that before? I mean, was like this? No, I've never seen an, an eclipse before. <laughs> that was really crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. An amazing event. I'm glad mm-hmm. that I'm glad all of us experienced it in some way or another. If you're listening to this and you did not see the eclipse, go to the next one. <laughs> Definitely it's, recommend it's be it. Good. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Well, thank you all for coming in. Uh, do you have time to hang out with us for our news and mail? Yeah, sure. Excellent. Does anybody need a break before we go? No. I guess not. All right. Let's do some news and mail. Uh, Guthrie, you got the notes and everything ready I to go? I got our notes. All right. Here comes our fabulous news sounder. Thanks to Tim Mooney. Oh, I'm on the calendar. Oh. Big news headlines. Here we go. Uh, well, we're doing the calendar first. Oh, excellent. Yeah, yeah. Then I'm in the correct spot. Fabulous. I love, I love, I love, I love <laughs> don't don't ever use that. Thank you, Tim Mooney. <laughs> What's on our calendar, Guthrie? So on August 23rd, we have trimodal transportation trivia. For ten dollars, you'll receive a Hopworks beer and battle it out through three rounds of wonky trivia. Trimodal. While supporting your favorite transportation-focused nonprofits, a.k.a. Oregon Walks, the Community Cycling Center, and the Opal Environmental Justice Oregon uh, group, I'm assuming. We like all those people. Uh, are we talking about uh, this is uh, walking, transit, and bicycling, I'm assuming? Yeah, I would assume so. Okay, sounds good. Trimodal. Anything with more than single, I, I'd say, is a good a good deal there. That's right, yeah. Uh, monomodal people, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> 
drive, bring, drive, bring some friends. drive to the eclipse and all the traffic. <laughs> uh, very good. For uh, August 26th, Cycle in the City Bike Party in Edmonton. Glenn Kubish uh, is our Edmonton correspondent, sent that in. Uh, which reminds me to say, if you've got a, an event in your area, uh, whatever it is, send it in. We will put it on our calendar. Uh, August 26th, Guthrie, what's happening? Speaking of upcoming events, we've got the Swift Summit 200-100. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of which Maria sure is a participant, which is awesome. On August 27th and 28th, we have the Dirty Selwood, which this year is from Selwood to Cape Lookout. You'll never make it, they say. Prove them wrong. And on September 1st, we've got Filmed by Bike. What is that? Filmed by Bike. What is that? It is the world's largest international film festival, we think, and are pretty sure. You wouldn't happen to have any personal connection with that, would you? No, no personal connection (laughs) whatsoever. Guthrie is the film curator. I know nothing about that. (laughs) Especially not how to pronounce Petoskey. That's right, Petoskey, Michigan. Uh, Eugene, Oregon, which I believe actually just occurred. Um, I call it Eugene. Eugene, it, precisely. <laughs> and uh, Seattle, Washington, as well as Charlevoix. Michigan. Charlevoix. Yeah, uh, it's filmed by Bike. We got, we haven't checked on the dates on that yet, have we? No, uh, we, it's uh, it's sort of a rolling calendar, so if you're interested in a showing in your area or you're interested in making a showing happen in your area, um, get in touch with Filmed by Bike. Uh, there's a link on the website, and uh, there's also a calendar which has all upcoming showings updated as we add them. So, yeah. great spot. And it's not September 1st yet. You could have one by then if you want. If you want, precisely. Right? <laughs> we have the internet now. Things move fast. Yeah. Uh, September 5th and the weekend prior, the Beer Mongers, as we mentioned, their anniversary. They're a stand-up local beer shop, and uh, I recommend them above and beyond any other beer shop in town. Uh, their anniversary is going to have a ton of events, so thebeermongers.com. On September 30th, we have Bike Your Park Day. Mm-hmm. And Washington State Parks, thanks to Ranger Tom for uh, hooking us up with that. October 6th, the AMLX Challenge, similar to what you're going to be doing, Maria. It's uh, uh, kind of all guts, no glory, or something like that. Uh, you know, going out and riding a long ways and no support. Just do it. From October 6th through the 8th, we have the Youth Bicycle Summit. In Washington, D.C. It's a place where uh, we'd love to see some enthusiasm about uh, youths and bicycles. And then on October 26th through 28th, we have the St. John's River to Sea Loop Summit and Trail Celebration in Deland, Florida. Deland, Florida. I'm, again, hoping that's correct. <laughs> Deland. 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 I don't no. know. I'm going to go with Deland. Deland, yes. Uh, again, if you have an event, it's uh, important that you send it to us because otherwise no one will know. As everyone knows, this Brocket Podcast is the first place people go to find out about your bicycling events. So fill us in. Uh, email is the sprocket podcast at gmail.com twitter at sprocket podcast thanks to our generous donors okay here comes our headline sounder what can compare with the thrill oh, no, of a brand new Priceless moment that no one will get to share unless they were here in the studio was Wayne Norman air drumming along to Hurtburg. So thank you. Uh, yes, what's our headlines? And for um, someone I'm very excited to see this happening for, we've got Laura Crawford, our very own Portland uh, pathless pedaled duo yeah. uh, for the U.S. Bicycle Route System Coordinator. And five-time guest. Uh, sad news is she's leaving town. I know. Oh. Along with Russ. 
Uh, but I mean, it's they're so busy. I didn't get to see them much anyway. <laughs> so uh, they do have a going away thing. I got to make sure I make. Is it, it at Velo Colt? Uh, probably no. It's somewhere else. But okay. they do love Velo Colt. It's oh, yeah. uh, Portland's bicycle shop and pub. Uh, Wayne, have you been there? No, I haven't. You should go. Oh yeah, for they sure. They have cider on Velo tap. Colt? Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, and it's and, like a bike great museum. cider. Bellicol. Mm-hmm. Okay, got to make it there. Yeah, absolutely. Right after the beer mongers at Southeast Division of Twelve. So Laura, um, and this is from our excerpt, Laura has worked to develop bicycle tourism nationally for the last eight years, particularly in rural areas, Mm -hmm. and has often collaborated with Adventure Cycling on joint projects and presentations. She's eager to use her experience and skills to continue building this officially signed and numbered 50,000-mile network of bicycle routes across the U.S., and, and I'm sure she will, yes. take it to the next level. Absolutely. This, this is a genius idea. Signs that tell people they can bicycle on these roads that they already can and should bicycle on. But, you know, you never know. Uh, you know, the smallest thing. People say that, you know, sometimes people say that paint doesn't matter or paint isn't enough or whatever. But, you know, a signpost with a sign on it that proves that, hey, this is a place where we said people should bicycle here counts for something Mm -hmm. and in this case quite a bit because this is what people use to plan their trips and stuff and uh especially if you you know if you're not a tourist you're just like hey i wonder if i could ride my bike from missoula montana to butte montana Mm -hmm. yes you can there are signs that point you there so this is fantastic and uh, laura's the person for the job absolutely oh yeah super happy for her from uh, Pantone.com. Pantone.com. Via Richard Wazenski. We're talking about the the, uh, the ink provider? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm starting to read into it here. <laughs> Where's this going? Uh, we have the Prince Estate and Pantone Unveil. Uh, oh, gosh. Uh, alongside the Pantone Color Institute, the Global Color Authority <laughs> announced today the creation of standardized custom color to represent and honor international icon Prince. Prince. So, Lori. Whoa. Yeah, actually, that's pretty freaking sweet. Yep. Uh, Vice Lori Pre- uh, Pressman, Vice President of the Pantone Color Institute, said, quote, We are honored to have worked on and development of love symbol number two, a distinctive new purple shade created in memory of Prince, the purple one. Yes. And so, you know, Prince was all about purple rain and such. Uh, Aaron Flores is a huge fan of Prince. Dresses very much like Prince at times. If you can, you know, if you can force him out, you have to promise him that there's going to be an awesome bike ride. But he dresses up very well as Prince. One of the few times you'll see him mm. not in black, white, and red. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, purple, Prince's color. The Pantone is making a shade. I thought it was such. for shampoo at first, and that's why I was so confused. <laughs> <laughs> that's Pantene. Yes, right? that's yeah. totally true. <laughs> Similar. Yes, Pantene should also come out with a purple shampoo that will allow your you know, your curls and locks to have a, a similar luster. In love number two purple. That's right. <laughs> uh, so, up next from bikeportland.org, how can our community support the fight against white supremacy? Mm-hmm. And um, so is this Jonathan writing it? These are the questions I need help with. Ah, yes. So should Bike Portland do anything to help or take part in the local effort to fight white supremacists and resist the Trump administration's enabling of it? If not, why not? If so, how best can we use the tools we have to assist in these efforts? These are interesting questions because uh, people might uh, might listen to us talking about uh, political things or uh, this current state of the world and wondering, like, what does that have to do with bicycling? Can't you just ride bikes? And I do. I think it's interesting and provocative that bicycling has always been known as something that kind of subverts the norm in some way or another. And uh, I am curious about the answers to these questions. Like, you know, if there if there are people that are being oppressed, I think we can all agree that oppression is wrong. Uh, what can the bicycling community do to uh, to support people who need equality and equity in this world? So, yeah, 
Uh, Jonathan has that that blurb there. I guess I interrupted you. Oh, no, you're all good. Uh, So Jonathan's, uh, or its take on, is bicycling is a powerful thing. It can transcend mere sport or transportation and connect people to each other and their community in profound ways. If there's a way to harness that power via the platform we have here and use it in the fight against white supremacy, I want to consider all our options. Yes, uh, I I believe in a world where everyone has the same amount of opportunity and the same amount of privilege. And uh, it's not a world that necessarily exists now, but I think it's the sort of thing that uh, bicycling and it's uh, all of the people that are involved. There's a number of different kinds of people from different backgrounds that are involved in bicycling. And I feel that uh, it is it is a great platform to spread a subversive message of change and equality. Indeed. Yeah. So uh, Mike Portland is asking the question. You can respond. Uh, as we know, Bike Portland is uh, home to many commenters, and uh, you know, uh, while some people may decry the commenters as uh, people looking for a fight, I think there's a lot of people with a lot of good things to say. Bike Portland does a great job of enabling commenters to make mm-hmm. their statements, and uh, I think this is a conversation people should join. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, well, hey, uh, we may not have equality and equity in this world quite yet, although we hope that someday we will soon, but... One thing I know that we have beyond a shadow of a doubt is, is... We've got mail. we got mail. <laughs> hey, we got mail. That's right. What are we looking at? We are offering this up to the group today. Can someone decipher what Tim Mooney is saying? I think Maria Schur is the person for the job. Oh, God. <laughs> so, from Tim Mooney, we have in our mail... Uh, Quote, hey, her hometown's a stone's throw from mine. Ask her to pronounce the neighboring town of Chiles. Chile sometime. It's like a secret. Is it Chile? Ha- uh, I might have just butchered it again. Well, that, uh, that's the question, right? It's a we- secret handshake to know if you're from around there. We don't know. Winky smiley face. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chai Lai. What? Chai Lai. Chai Lai. Say it again. Chai Lai. Chai Lai. Mm-hmm. So it's spelled like Chile. Like the food. It's spelled like chai lai. You just have to know how to read it. (laughs) (laughs) That is the correct answer. Yeah. uh, He was saying, so I I grew up in a small town called Puyallup. Uh Uh, Puyallup, Washington, just outside Tacoma, Washington, home of the state fair. And uh, that is spelled P-U-Y-A-L-L-U-P. And uh, to any reasonable person looking at that name, and also this is uh, is a, well, it was... uh, the people who took the land from the people who lived there before spelled it that way. Mm-hmm. I don't know how the people, the indigenous people, spelled it. But what I do know is that uh, if you are not from Puyallup, you would say Puyallup. Mm-hmm. It's a shibboleth, yeah. as I understand, which uh, you know is uh, an idea that uh, someone has a word for something that is only pronounceable by the people who are from that same area, uh-huh. culture, space. And so if you, uh, if of course, if you are not... Uh, if you don't know, if you're not in the know, then you would say Puyallup, or you would say Chile, mm-hmm. or you would say Sibboleth, or whatever. So, yes. Indeed. There's a great article um, in the Oregonian, I think from a couple of months ago now, that had the 20 most miscommonly pronounced names in our state. So if you're oh, looking really? for a personal challenge. In Oregon. Yeah, in Oregon. Um, you know, including favorites such as Cooch versus Couch Street. Right. Um, but also Malala and many others <laughs> around. So if you're curious to check your Oregon um, name trivia, it's a great way to um, yeah go one for 20 there. Absolutely. No, you're you're absolutely right. Um 
Okay. Well, hey, we, uh, we've got a couple of things. Eric Iverson and Ross Putnam, uh, they've been on our show before. They were out on the Oregon Outback, which is uh, beautiful. Yeah, Maria, you've been there. You I have, it. and I've been watching Eric on on YouTube. That's right. Share, uh, share his trail tips with yeah. random numbers. Yeah. Uh, we're <laughs> actually going to go back and collect uh, as much as we can from their trip and release that as its own audio. So we're going we're to do that fantastic. later. They're really There's great. just not enough time right now to share the glory of their trip and their journey. And those are good guys. So, uh, anyways, I've got some uh, some uh, voicemails from various people. First of all, let's go with this one. Hello, Sprocket Podcast. This is John from Goldendale checking in from Solar City, Oregon, or Madras, as is usually known. Today is Eclipse Day and proves the value of the bicycle. I just climbed up the hill past probably a thousand cars, uh, all stopped in bumper to bumper traffic trying to get out of town. Uh, today was the first day I've ever faced the risk of being doored by a car that was nominally in traffic, not parked. Uh, that's how fast the cars are going. They're actually people stopping and getting out of their cars and walking around and talking to each other. Anyway, stay safe out there. Bye. Thank you, John and Goldendale. I was really hoping to do that on the way to Salem, but there was no traffic at all. <laughs> we didn't have bad traffic in Portland. I Yeah, I don't know what's up with that. I couldn't tell you. <laughs> Um, a new voicemail here from Ranger Tom. Good morning, Sprocketeers. This is Ranger Tom. I'm down at Milo MacGyver Park. Came down here last night from Portland. And I have to say, in the most professional way that I can, that Oregon State Park's hiker-biker facilities are just kicking Washington State Park's butt. All the amenities and space, great staff. We are really fortunate in Oregon to have such a great park system and not to take too much luster off Washington state parks. I do. I do enjoy my job there if anyone's listening, (laughs) but the hiker biker facilities in particular in Oregon are really great here and uh, at Stubb Stewart. So I had intended to get to forest service land last night, but the legs gave out because I'm old and tired and uh, I stopped here and what a treat. I have about another hour of riding south to get to Colton, Oregon, into the totality zone. And near as I can tell, there is a Yelp, one taco truck, one review, five-star review there that may be closed for the season. So we could be foraging dumpsters in Colton later. I can report on that. (laughs) And uh, I hope all of you are getting to enjoy the eclipse in some fashion and bless you guys i'll talk to you later thank you ranger tom i hope your trip was well uh of course everyone knows uh the voicemail line for this rocket podcast is 503-847-9774 you can send us voicemail anytime last one is from our uh erstwhile and missing and soon to be back host aaron flores he's out bike camping on uh, his partner anna's very first bike camping tour ever uh, and so that uh, that's where they are right now. And he sent a voicemail just the other day. Hello, everyone. Um, hey, Wayne Norman. Good to you. Or, I mean, sorry to miss you. Uh, because you're in town, and we are trying to get out of town. It is quarter to two, however, and we've been stuck on this max for a while. This is these activities in Chinatown and uh, also do 
Thanks, Aaron. <laughs> Much appreciated. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, this has been a good show. We should probably wrap it up. Uh, are we ready to, to go for our credits? We're ready. Excellent. All right. Wayne Norman, thank you for coming in. Thank you for having me. Very much appreciated. Uh, Maria Sure, thank you for coming in. Best Thanks wishes so on the much. adventures. Thrilled to be uh, here. Thank Wayne, you. best wishes on your adventures. Thanks. Annalisa, thank you for coming to all the way to the West Coast just to be on this show. <laughs> sure, no problem. <laughs> really appreciate it. <laughs> and uh, it, it was good to meet you. And I wish you the best in your, new, your next adventures as well. You too. Thanks for having me. All right. Guthrie, thank you for being here. Sure thing. Yeah. All right. Anytime. Well, hey, let's, uh, let's do this, shall we? All right. The Sprocket Podcast is produced at StreamPDX Community Audio Studio, thanks to the generous support of Open Signal. Our website is thesprocketpodcast.com. Email to thesprocketpodcast at gmail.com. Call or text to 503-847-9774. Twitter at Sprocket Podcast. Thanks to Ryan J. Lane for our theme music. Hurtbird for our headline sounder. Wayne Mark- Norman's a huge fan. Marcus Norman for our graphic design. And thank you to our sustaining donors, Logan Smith, Shadowfoot, Katrina Mellendorm. Wayne Norman here in the studio today. Yes. Doug Robertson, Ethan Georgie. Justin Martin, Eric Iverson, Cameron Lean. Richard Wazenski, Tim Mooney, Orange and Purple. Glenn Kubish, Matt Kelly, Jim Gooden. Eric Weitz, Doug Cohen-Miller, Todd Parker. Chris Gonzalez, Dan Gubhart, who's a time traveler. Zoe Campagna. Dave Nose, Chris Smith, Christy Kaster. Caleb Jenkins, J.P. Cooley, Peanut Butter Jar Matt. Patrick Archange, Sebastian Poole, Marco Lowe. Rich Otterstrom, Andrew in Colorado, Drew the Welder. Anna Krista, John Wasserman. Andre Johnson, King of Division, Josh Zisson. Richard G., myself as well, and Brandon <laughs> Shelby. Thank you, sir. Aaron Green, the author of We Were Like Sons and the founder of The Regranary. Campsite, Mac Nurse David. Who gives excellent advice about broken computers. Kathy at Cycling, Walking, Eating, Talking. Nathan Poulton, Chris Rawson, Rory in Michigan. Michael Flournoy, Jeremy Kitchen, David Belay. 
Tim Coleman, Mr. T, Harry Hugel. Ed Whitman, E.J. Finneran, and Paul Corbettson. We suspect that's not his real name. Brad Hipwell, Thomas Scatto, Keith Hutchison, Ranger Tom, Joyce Wilson, Ryan Tam, Derek Wagoner, Jason Oftenberg, Mike Rukazin Publishing, David Moore, and Dennis O'Brien, Todd Gersbeck, and to all of our former donors who helped us get this far. That's right. And uh, stickers, you know, we're making some. Uh, if you haven't got them yet, again, write in, let us know. We want to send you stickers as soon as we have more made. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna order them. You know, we're gonna make get them made. We're gonna send them to you. And so, uh, brush your teeth and go to bed. out an hour and a half. Good. Oh, it was fun. Oh, yeah. I'm not warm at all. <laughs> no, it was fun.